Civic Video Engadine's uh, biggest customer, Adam Pengilly. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, boys. I just having reminiscing about some of those memories of video stores. I, I used to go and get the. Um, I don't know if you guys were a fan. I used to love playing the Super Nintendo. I used to go to the, the video store to get the I Super Nintendo games. games. Yeah. Yeah. I, was the, I was the Atari. I was the before Atari the, the Atari yeah. tennis yeah, game. It was like a brick wall. You just move the brick wall to the one side and tap the other side. Tap. Did you ever do the drop and run? <laughs> oh, no, 100 times. 100% yeah. was. I yeah. did it plenty of times. You know it's late, and what you do is you just got to – you almost got to keep one foot out the door. You've got to wait for them to be busy with a customer. You <laughs> can't right. have them at That's the right. counter. <laughs> That's right. Just got yes. to put that inspector gadget arm out, chuck it on the desk, and then run. <laughs> How many video shops in June, eh, Loss? Was there competition? No, there was only the one. <laughs> there was only the one. Uh, okay, lots of news. Oh, what about, we'll have a, you know, you can only have a bit of a chuckle about the visa situation with all these players trying to get to Vegas. <laughs> there they are lining up. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> you both have got the cameras there. What about, what about if you're trying to be sneaky and you don't want people to know? And you're just you're probably in the wrong there. business, I reckon. <laughs> Playing in the NRL is probably the wrong business. You don't want anyone to know. I reckon it's only it's only February, boys. But some of that vision we saw on the news the other night was some of the best vision we'll see all year. You can imagine next year though if the team gets announced early, you're just going to go early, aren't you? Straight away, you're part of that team, so no one knows you're going. I just saw Luke Brooks. What about his interview, Luke Brooks? (laughs) Poor guy. Mate, he had his head under his shirt. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to be stopped. And and then what about how polite they're trying to be to the embassy? Oh, the process was so good. And everyone's lovely upstairs. Oh, no, no shit, mate. You're on the ground licking the floor trying to get into the country. Oh, they lovely up there. Yeah, they interviewed well. Oh, yeah. I just, I just had to tell the truth for the first time in your life. Oh, hey, I felt sorry for Brooksy. Uh, so where were you at? Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I think Mido, most of them are okay. All the South boys definitely yesterday are okay with Latrell uh, obviously heading that, that bunch of guys that went to the embassy. The, the, the concern still is for, is for Reese Walsh and, and Brandon Smith. Um, they haven't had their visas rubber stamped straight away. So they've been referred to another authority or, or immigration officials back on the ground in the States, which you, you'd have to say is some sort of concern because mm. when are they supposed to be flying? What, two weeks? In about two weeks' time, they're about supposed to be leaving. So, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you guys don't know me to tell you. Time's ticking, right? Yeah. So uh, particularly for a guy like Reese Walsh, he, he is someone that can sell our sport to America. Young guy, full of talent, good looks, all that sort of thing. Um, he's obviously made some sort of connection with Tom Brady as well, given his recent visit to Australia. So, geez, I reckon the NRL will be desperate for him to get his visa approved and head over to Las Vegas, but it's going to be some nervous way. It's going to be a very nervous way, actually. I was going to say, how does that work where the others get ticked off and then the like two of them go, no, you can't? So what's that got to go back to America and then they have yeah, a look at I, it over there? I believe so, Loz, and I think that might be because he, his offence included recreational drugs, and I think they take a, a much more harsher view or a dimmer, dimmer view of anyone who's had an offence that involved... Um, drugs or recreational drugs in the past, so that might need to go through another layer of, I suppose, bureaucracy to be to be looked at and, and, and checked off. But yeah, if you're Kevin Walters, like <laughs> I know it's only one game. We're, we're putting a lot of focus into this Las Vegas trip and whatever else. It's one game in a 27 round season, but you, you want your main man there to start the year, don't you? And, and start on the right note. So. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but um, they won't probably, probably get a decision pretty soon, I'd imagine. Adam, the one I was surprised at, why would South be taking Jack? He's suspended. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point, Clarky. But I'd imagine they just want him in and around the group to continue that sort of assimilation process uh, with with a new club. Like if he if he stays back here good, in Sydney, right? Good place to be a part of the crew, Vegas. <laughs> well, yeah. What a trip, <laughs> mate! Well, that's not a junket. I don't know what is. Boys, I'll isn't just be down at MGM. Scenario? Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll be your mentor for the week. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, isn't that the dream scenario? Going to Vegas and not having to play. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, Same pay, less pressure. Yeah, just being part of the crew, but. I suppose if he stays back here in Sydney, Clarky, the South's going to take the majority of their, or I imagine all their sports science staff and conditioning staff mm. over to Las Vegas as well. So he's professional enough. He'd, he'd be able to train himself back here in um, in Sydney. But I'd imagine they still want him in and around the group to continue working on those combinations. So when he does start playing, he hits the ground running and away he goes. I was surprised yesterday, Adam, when I read that Campbell Graham looks like missing yeah. six months of the season. How did that all go wrong? Yeah, this is a big blow for South, isn't it, Loz? He, we, we know that for the majority of last year, he was struggling with that sternum injury. I think he he was actually drafted into the Origin squad. Was it, which game was it? Game one or two? I can't game remember one, off the top of my head. I think, wasn't it? Was yeah. It game one yeah. when... He, no, he, he he went in as part of the bigger group, didn't he? He did. And then Latrell yeah. got... He, then he pulled out, and then Latrell got ruled out. That's exactly right. Yeah. So he would have played if yes, he Yes, he would have played. Um, yeah. And... He, he was obviously struggling that, at that part of the season. So that's only, what, the first half midway point of the season. And he carried it through pretty much for for the rest of the year. Now, I don't know what's happened throughout the off-season. I, I probably need to try and get a bit more information about this. But you would have thought if he was really struggling with it, they could have booked him in for surgery straight away if they knew that he was going to need surgery. And he could have been, you know, sort of right to go in the first half of this season. It was going to be a five or six-month recovery. But obviously they thought he could, he could with rest, he could, he could recuperate and he could re- rehabilitate and get better with it. But it seems like the issue just hasn't gone away. And they feel like that you know, pretty much the only option now is to go under the knife, try and get it fixed. But it's going to come at the cost of him missing a fair chunk of this season, if not the majority of the season, which is, I think is a huge blow for South, to be honest. Um, they're probably lucky in some respects that they have brought Jack White into the club. He can fit into the centres. They've got Isaiah Tass there who can probably play on the other side. But it just takes away a strike weapon and also just chips away at their depth. Across the divide of that rivalry, lots of news at the Roosters, particularly around Joey Manu, Luke Keary as well. Big story, Mido. Really big story about Joey Manu. My colleague at the Herald, Michael Shamus, um, wrote the story late last night saying that barring a late change of heart, Joey Minor at this stage looks like he's heading to, to rugby union, potentially to play European rugby or at least overseas rugby in, in some way, shape or form. And oh, this is a big blow for the Roosters. They say that the Roosters don't lose players. They want to keep. Well, he's a guy they were desperate to keep. And I must admit, you know, he's been a free agent since November 1. And usually the Roosters are very, very, you know, slick with how they sign uh, get deals done. They're very effective. They get it done fast. And the longer this has dragged on, the more I've thought, oh, this guy's having serious thoughts about, you know, going elsewhere. And he, he's told the club, to be fair, he can't play against the Roosters in the NRL, doesn't want to go to another club. We know the Dragons were very keen to, to table him a monster offer. He, he never really entertained that offer. So it's hard. He, he grew up playing rugby. He, he probably has an itch he wants to scratch um, going overseas and testing his waters in, testing his um, skills in, in, in rugby with an eye maybe towards the World Cup and playing for the All Blacks in a couple of years. But Tell you what, it'll be a big blow for the Roosters. Yeah, I'm sure it's been a sad week for the Titness family. In fact, you know, a sad last couple of years, and that inquest is ongoing. And I see Des is to front the inquest today. Yeah, that's right, Loz. I'll, I'll apologise. I haven't been up my normal chipper self a little bit this week. I've, I've sat through that inquest for pretty much all this week, and 
it's been very difficult to listen to. I'm only a, just a, a lowly reporter or journalist just listening to that inquest and the evidence. And I, I can't imagine what his family's been going through this week because the reality is they had a, a son or a brother who was only 20 years old, had the world at his feet, getting ready to try and make his mark in the NRL in the next 12 months. He went to training one day and, and didn't come home. So, yeah, some of that evidence that's been heard this week has been really, really difficult to listen to. Des Hasler's going to appear today. He's one of the witnesses who will front the coroner and um, be questioned about some of the training and about Keith and everything that went on that day. I, listen, guys, I've got no doubt there's going to be some significant changes coming out of this inquest. The coroner will obviously make some recommendations at the end of it. It'll be up to the NRL whether they adopt those recommendations. But I reckon we're going to see... Mm. A fairly significant change to how NRL players are trained in pre-season, in particular in that first two weeks, and about how they might need to be eased back into training. I think we'll definitely see a recommendation about how most clubs, or pretty much all clubs, need to have more medical um, personnel on the ground at each training session. I think that will definitely be part of the, the recommendations. And no doubt there needs to be more education of, of staff and players to recognise the symptoms of, of heat stroke or heat stress, which has been determined the most likely cause of his death. So... Yeah, that inquest has still got a few more days to run. It should wrap up through uh, midway through next week, but it's been a, a really, really difficult week for a lot of people concerned. Yeah, and I think it's uh, about educating uh, the players to, mm. to to know that they're not being weak if, if they have to put their hand up throughout a session. It's a bit like um, concussion, how we're understanding concussion a little bit more, um, whereas in the past you wore it as a badge of honour, like pre-season training. If you pulled out, you felt like you were letting hmm. people down. And, you know, you're always encouraged to stick at it and stay with it. I think after this inquest, I think you're right, Adam. I think there should be more learnings and we understand that, you know, it, you're not being tough by pushing your way through it. you just got to be, you know, allowed to put your hand up and say, hey, I'm struggling here. Mm, mm. I think you're exactly right, Loz. And it's hard because you know an NRL is elite sport. It's one of the toughest sports in the world, certainly the toughest body contact sport in the world. You have to train hard. You have to be competitive. But what you say, Loz, is exactly right. If it gets to a point where you are struggling a little bit or can't finish a drill or exercise, you have to put your hand up and say, listen, I'm, I'm really fatigued. I'm really struggling just at the moment. Can I just take a short break, sit out this, and then regather yourself? Because some of the evidence being tabled this week is it wasn't a particularly hot day that he, he suffered this incident, suffered this seizure and whatever else. It's only reached a maximum of 25 degrees, but something... But I can remember days, at, Adam, where you were, well, you weren't allowed to have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a sign of weakness when you're training. No, it's no crazy water. when you think about it. No, no, yeah, you just, you just train, yeah. get on with it. No, no water, we're just training here. So, anyway... That's something that I'm sure will come out of this inquest. Terrific days mm. racing tomorrow, Adam. We've got English Millennium and the Eskimo Prince, obviously, at Ramwick. Uh, the Ore Stakes, the Blue Diamond lead-up races at Caulfield and Foxy Cleopatra's running in the Carline Cup as well. Where are you playing? The sexy one. I heard her refer to it as the sexy one earlier this morning. <laughs> You'll be Benners up tomorrow, mate. <laughs> Um, I found the who's card. Holding at, at, who's holding? <laughs> who's holding those banners? I feel like I'm back at the, on the hill at what uh, Seaford Oval, <laughs> running out. Of... The sexy one. What you think that's going to spur her on? It could do. Oh. All right, okay. What you don't think she knows? <laughs> no. That she's right, the sexy when people one. People go and look at her. Oh dear. Before the race. <laughs> What's your tip, Adam? <laughs> I found the hard card at Randwick tomorrow. Middle race eight number two. Omni Man, the best on the program. Um, 
horse that I really, really liked what he did throughout his winter preparation yeah, last great. campaign. Had a nice little break. His trials have been fairly good. Matthew Smith's horse is the clear favourite in this race. I thought she was a little bit under the odds. Trying to get something to beat up. I think it might be Omni Man. So race eight, number two, the best on the program at Randwick tomorrow. Okay, $6 currently with Tab, $2 to place. He's a half to She Will Rain, I'm pretty sure, from memory. Is that right? Uh, it could be. You yeah. might. I'm not, I'm out, not a breeding expert. I just like jet. the back horses that run fast. Yeah. Form, so. <laughs> Fair point. Actually, you'll love this, Loz. I'm just seeing Mark Hunter. Yeah. Melbourne form guru. One of his best pets tomorrow. Foxy Cleopatra. That worries me. Well, Mark's a very good judge. Oh, I know he's a good judge, but it just worries me when people start talking about okay. your horse. He also likes race six, number one, high octane. He's mm. having that as an all-up. Foxy into high octane. And uh, his roughy was race three, number six, first encounter. But Adam Pengilly's tip, race eight, number two at Ramwick, Omni Man, $6 the win, $2 the place with Tab. You have a great weekend, Adam. Thank you. You too, boys, Mido. We'll chat on Monday.